Well, I want to invite you to turn in your Bibles to Romans chapter 8, second week in this series that we have entitled Champion. We're going to look this morning at verses 5 through 8. Last week we looked at verses 1 through 4 and just introduced really the idea of why we're calling this series Champion. And really touching on the reality and really just reminding ourselves of the reality that life is what? Life is a fight, is it not? Life is a battle. And the scripture in the New Testament refers to that over and over and over again and draws that analogy that life is a battle, life is a war, life is a fight. Paul does that in Ephesians 6, talking about the armor of God and the reason why we should put it on, that we wrestle not, we fight not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and against spiritual forces. Paul says to Timothy in 1 Timothy, Timothy, fight the good fight of faith. Life is a battle. Life is a fight. So fight it well, Timothy. And then at the end, we touched on this, at the end of Paul's life in 2 Timothy, he's writing the very last words that he will write before he is martyred for his faith. And he looks back and reflects on his life and he says, I've fought the good fight. I've kept the faith. And just looking and saying, well, we know life's a battle, we know life's a fight, and for many of us in this room, we may be experiencing tremendous victory in that fight, and we'd say, man, I'm seeing victory over things that I have prayed for for such a long time, whether that's sin strongholds, whether that's my marital relationship, whether that's my relationship with my kids, maybe that's my faith, maybe it's my prayer life, maybe it's reading God's Word, and I've experienced tremendous victory, and praise God because I'm understanding that I do have victory in Jesus Christ as I grow in understanding who He is and what He's given me through the Holy Spirit, and we would say a hearty amen right, to that. And with just as many people as they're experiencing victory, we can also, it's pretty safe to say, I would like to say it's a sure bet, there's people in here that would say, man, I'm not experiencing victory. In reality, I feel like I'm getting pummeled by the enemy. I'm in that ring and I'm fighting that fight, but if I'm honest, man, I'm tired. I'm so tired that my defenses are no longer up, they're down, that I'm feeling defeated, that I want to throw in the towel. And what we looked at last week in this series called Champion is that in Romans chapter 8, we have a tremendous promise of what you and I have been given in our champion, Jesus Christ. That we don't have to be victims in this life as followers of Jesus Christ, but we are victors. And how do we walk into that identity? And so this 10-week series, last week being the first, this being the second, that's what really we're doing is just answering that question that how can we as followers of Jesus Christ that so often are failing, man, how can we fight and experience victory in our Christian lives? And so we find ourselves this morning in Romans chapter 8 verses 5 through 8 and really continuing the thought of of what we saw in Romans 8 verses 1 through 4. Do you remember? Like the most liberating word in our Christian life, if you were here last week, is what word? No. And I hope that if you were here last week and if you weren't here, you can go on our website, you can watch it, you can subscribe to our podcast and listen to it. 
but that you would think of no in a way that you have never thought of it before. Not as a negative thing, but man, as a positive thing. Because Paul starts out Romans 8, 1 with the most tremendous promise and reality that we have as followers of Jesus Christ, that there is no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. Looking at Romans chapter 7 and how Paul identifies himself with maybe how you're feeling today. And man, I want to do what's right, but, but there's this battle of the flesh. There's this battle of my nature that so often when I want to do right, I don't do right. And, and there's that battle going on, but Paul says, here's what we remind ourselves of. There is no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. And so as I'm in that ring and I'm battling that fear of rejection that wants to tell me that I'm not accepted, that I need to do more for God, that, that there's never this standard that I feel like I'm, I'm, I have God's favor, that we say, no, 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 let's bring ourselves back to the reality, to the banner, to the belt that reminds ourselves that we are champions of Jesus Christ. There's no condemnation in Jesus Christ. So I can say no to that fear of rejection because I'm accepted by God in Jesus Christ. You battling those feelings of guilt that says, God really can't forgive that. God really can't forgive that situation, that idea, that feeling, that betrayal, that infidelity. You struggling with that after you've confessed and said, God, I acknowledge my sin. I see it for what it is. I'm restored that fellowship with you and you're still battling those feelings of guilt. What do we do? We bring ourselves back to that amazing promise. There's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. And just like I can say no to that fear of rejection because I'm accepted by God in Christ Jesus, I can say no to those feelings of guilt because I'm forgiven by God in Christ Jesus. Remember that third enemy we talked about, that fatigue of defeat. Man, I just feel defeated today and I'm tired and I'm worn out and I want to throw in the towel. But when I bring myself back to the reality, there's no condemnation to those in Christ Jesus. I can say no to that fatigue of defeat. Why? Because I'm empowered by the Holy Spirit because of Christ Jesus. And we saw at the end of verse 4 that says, we don't walk according to the flesh, but we walk according to the Spirit. That the Holy Spirit has been given to us. It's mentioned the Spirit more than any other place in the book of Romans in chapter 8. And we walked away, and you probably were talking, well, thinking, well, man, what does it really look like to walk in the Spirit? And so this week and for the next two weeks, we're going to talk about what that looks like from chapter, verse 5 all the way to verse 16. Because in Romans 8, 5 through 8, Paul really gives us there's two types of mentalities. Two types. There's a spiritual mentality, and there is a worldly mentality. And what verses 5 through 8 are going to remind us is the reason why you and I can live the life of a champion in Jesus Christ and experience victory in our Christian life and not be a victim is because we've been given a new mindset through the Holy Spirit in Christ Jesus. And so the title of this message is this, what are you thinking? You ever been asked that? I could do something really dumb. What are you thinking? What are you thinking? And so I want us to ask ourselves that question as we look at our Christian walk and maybe we're in that ring and we're feeling defeated or we're in that ring and we're experiencing victory. I want us to ask that question, what are we thinking? 
Because Paul is going to tell us the mindset that if you placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, perfect life, perfect death, and resurrection, you have a new mindset. And so let's look at Romans 8, verses 5 through 8, and let's read it. I gave you enough time to turn there for sure. And in verses 5 through 8, remember what it says in verse 4? That we're walk by the Spirit as those who have no condemnation in Christ Jesus, right? That's who we are. That's our identity. We're champions in Jesus Christ, not because of what we've done, but because of what Jesus has done for us. So then he continues that thought and he says, for, meaning because, the reason why we walk in the Spirit is those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But, here's those who are Christ followers, those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, is in opposition to God, for it does not submit to God's law. It doesn't want to obey what God says. Indeed, it cannot. For those who are in the flesh cannot please God. So as you see, you see what I said just a minute ago, that Paul is contrasting these two mentalities, the spiritual one and the worldly one. And so here's what I want you to get today. If you're taking notes, here's the idea that we're going to unpack today, that your mentality reveals your identity. Your mentality reveals your identity. Think about it, the decisions that you and I make shape, are shaped by the way that we think. Like today, you said, you know what, I'm going to go to church today, and what a great decision that that was. You said, I'm going to go to church today, I'm going to go to the 11 o'clock service, and, and, and you may be deciding right now, or you've already decided, this is where I'm going to go afterwards, and I'm going to go eat, or I'm going to go home, and I'm going to cook this, or I'm going to cook that. The decisions that you make are shaped by the way that you think. But I want to take it a step further. Because how you think reveals who you are. Mentality reveals identity. And that's what we're going to see Paul really lay out here. And so as I was studying for the message this week, I came across this article online from this website called expertboxing.com. So venture to guess, then... Whoever's writing this ought to be a pretty good expert. And he, he, the title of this article was this, What Goes On Inside a Champion's Head? It was written by a guy named Johnny Guillen. And I thought this was so interesting when he was examining champion boxers. He, he says this, he's like, what do they focus on? How do they approach boxing and fighting differently from other fighters? And he says, the most shocking and inspirational revelation of all was when I realized all pro boxers saw themselves as champions. And all of them trained like they were champions. And then he mentions three things that every one of the champions that he studied had. So here's the first one he mentions. Mental confidence. Like confidence. He says, they didn't ask themselves insecure questions like, am I too old to box? Am I not genetically gifted enough? Are my re reflexes too slow? Do I have what it takes? Am I too weak for boxing? Will I ever be successful in boxing? He says, they didn't ask themselves those questions 
Because they already decided long ago that they were champions. So instead, he says, of questions full of self-doubt, champions usually have more utility-type questions. These questions. How can I improve my punching power? How can I deal with taller, heavier opponents? He says they don't have any more self-doubts. They're way beyond that point in their life. They're only focused on being a champion and doing it well. He says they have mental confidence. Here's another thing that he points out. He says they have good social support. They have a good support system. He says pro boxers have great support in their lives. They know that nothing can ever be accomplished alone. The people who support you in life will allow you to do great things, things far bigger and better than you could ever have done on your own. But first, to have these people in your lives, you need to respect them. You don't get to be a selfish little brat. You don't say, I'm the champion. I get to do whatever I want. No, you treat them like the champion. And you respect them and you appreciate your time with them. So good social support. And here's the last thing he mentions, a good work ethic. What he means is champions are motivated. He says, they don't ask questions like, how long should I train every day? He says, that's something a lazy person asks. Like, I was like, man, that's what I would ask. That sounds like someone looking to do only the bare minimum. Champions ask, how long can I train every day? A champion wants to push their limits and grow as a fighter. I thought it was so interesting that a guy, and I don't know if he's a follower of Jesus Christ or not, says, this is what I found is a mindset of a champion. They have confidence. They have a great support system, and they have a great work ethic. They're motivated to grow as much as they possibly can. Why? Because mentality reveals your identity. And so what I want to do this morning is just, just walk through these verses that Paul really says there's two types of mentalities. There's someone that's not a follower of Jesus Christ, and there's someone that is. And I find it interesting that so many times we like to do three categories. Well, there's people that aren't followers of Jesus Christ, and they think a certain way. And yes, there's those spiritual people that are sold out to God, and they're not perfect, but they want to please God in everything they do. But we like this other category in the middle that's kind of like, well, they're just kind of ordinary Christians. You'll never find that in the Scriptures. You find, and Paul's going to point, those with a sinful nature, and that mindset is defined by that reality, and those who have been saved by Jesus Christ. And so what I want to do, if we're going to understand on how to be a champion, is I just want to talk about these two mindsets so we can remember and maybe receive and learn for the very first time what you and I have been given in Christ Jesus through the Holy Spirit. So here's the first mentality. It's found in verse 5 and then in verse 7 and 8. It's the mentality that's driven by selfishness. There's a mentality that's driven by selfishness. And let me tell you, that's every one of our mentalities before we place our trust in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. You have that mentality if you're not, if you're not a follower of Jesus Christ. And if you're not, man, I'm so glad you're here because God wants you to hear today how you can be a follower of Jesus Christ. 
But those of us who have placed our faith and trust in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, not in the good that we've done or are doing, but in the good that Jesus Christ did for us, this used to be our mindset. A mentality that was driven by selfishness. And this mentality is selfish, first of all, in its thinking. Look at what he says in verse, beginning of verse 5 again. He says, those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. Now, here's what you need to find interesting. That word live is not in the Greek. New Testament was written in Greek. It's not in there. So you have English translators trying to get across better the idea. Some of you may even have a translation. You're like, that's not in there. And if it's not in there, it shouldn't be in there. Because here's what it literally is saying. Here's what Paul literally is saying. Those who are of the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. See, every one of us, before we placed our trust in Jesus Christ, were of the flesh. And that word flesh is not speaking of like actual fleshly things that we do. Right? You can find sinless in the New Testament. You find them in 1 Corinthians 6, Galatians 5, Ephesians 5. But that's not really what it's talking about. It's not about what we do. Paul's not saying, you do this, therefore you are this. He's saying, wait a minute, this is who you are, and that's why you do what you do. Remember, mentality reveals identity. This is who you are. You're of the flesh before you come to Jesus Christ. And what I love is, you know what that does? That totally tears down the natural tendency in all of us to want to think better of ourselves than we really are. Think about before you came to Jesus Christ. Chances are you thought like this. You thought, well, someone asked you, hey, do you... How confident are you that when you pass from this life to the next, you'll be in heaven? And you're like, well, I sure hope I am. Well, why is that? Well, I hope that, I mean, I'm a good person. I'm a moral person. I love my wife. I love my kids. And, and I think that the good that I do outweighs the bad. That's what we all do, right? In fact, that's what Paul even does. Look at Philippians 3, verses 5 and 6. This is him talking about, before I came to Christ, this was my mentality. I was selfish in my thinking. And some of you are like, what do you mean by selfish in your thinking? Just pause for a moment. Look at what he says in verse 5. He says, I myself have reason for confidence in the flesh also. Like, I have reason to think good of myself. To think I'm something special. To think that I'm doing God a favor by being good. And he says, if anyone else thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, like if you think you have confidence in the flesh, then buddy, just look at what I've done. That's what Paul's kind of saying. It's a Johnny translation. Verse 5, circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of the Hebrews, as to the law, a Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness, under the law, blameless. So every one of those things mentioned, if you were a Jew, was a big deal. What Paul is saying is, is, man, if anybody had a reason to think that, man, I am just an A1 moral person, and man, I'm doing God favors everywhere, it was Paul. But if I look at this verse, in verse 5, and I look, and I'm like, man, those who are of the flesh set their minds, they're bent, like they're bent, their default is selfishness on the things of the flesh. 
See, what Paul really desired here was this. He desired to prove himself to God, to prove that he was worthy of God's favor, to show that he could earn heaven. And really, when you peel back all the layers of that, it's really driven by me. Selfishness. Like, if that characterizes your life right now, and I'm saying this out of love, you peel back those layers, it's really driven by, I like to think that I've done more good than bad, and that I can earn God's favor, God's approval. But man, nothing's more, so, more, nothing's more selfish in its thinking than that. When we looked at last week at Isaiah 64, 6, where Isaiah says, man, all our righteous deeds, all our good deeds are like polluted, a polluted garment before a holy God because God's perfect and you and I are not. The mentality that's driven by selfishness. Look what I can do. But it's not only selfish in its thinking, but it's also selfish in its religion. See, all of us had a religion before we came to Jesus Christ. Every single one of us. Look at what it says in verses 7 and 8. Here's our religion in the eyes of God. It says, the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile towards God. This mentality that's driven by selfishness is in an opposition to who God is. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile towards God. For it does not submit to God's law. We're going to talk about that in a second. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. See, here's why our religion, before we come to understand and put our trust in what Jesus Christ has done for us, our religion, you and me, the religion there is an a la carte religion. Isn't that our society today? Like, I like a little bit of this, and I believe a little bit of that, and it's all inclusive, and if we're not all inclusive, and if we say, John 14, 6, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, then we're being bigoted, we're being closed-minded, we're being short-sighted, we're totally naive and ignorant. Is that not today? What do we like? We like the a la carte religion. In our nature, before we came to Christ, what is that? Man, it's like going in the grocery store. Ooh, I like a little bit of that. That made me feel good. Let me get that in my cart. Ooh, I like that one. Definitely stay away from that aisle. I'm going to like this. I'm going to like that. And isn't that what we do? And then we assemble our own little religion. And yeah, I like a little bit of this. And I like a little bit of that. And I'll take a little bit of this. And I'll assemble my own religion. But at the end of the day, you know who's God? Me. Selfish in my religion. Because it's all about what I think, what I want, what I believe is right. And the reality is, and what Paul is trying to tell us, and he's already told us, reminded us of where the victory is found. It's not found in me, it's found in what Christ has done for me. So the question is, am I going to believe it or not? Am I going to put my trust, my eternal destiny in what Jesus has done for me? Because the reality is, you and I can't build a ladder to heaven. Can't happen. Cannot happen. We are spiritually dead before we come to Christ. Is that not what it says in the first part of verse 6? For the, to set the mind of the flesh is death. Ephesians 2.1 says we are dead in our trespasses and sins. There's a mindset that's driven by selfishness. And it's the mindset of someone who has yet to place their trust in Jesus Christ. 
So you can't appreciate, appreciate the mindset that the Spirit has given you as a follower of Jesus Christ until you remind yourself of how you used to think. So here's the second mentality, and here's what I want to spend the rest of our time on. Not the mentality that's driven by selfishness. That's who we were before Christ. But what we get when we place our trust in Jesus Christ is this. The mentality that is driven by the Spirit. Look at what it says in the second part of verse 5. But those who live, remember, those who are of the Spirit, those who have been saved by Christ, those who have placed their trust in Jesus Christ, perfect life, death, and resurrection, they've set their minds on the things of the Spirit. And then he says in the end of verse 6, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. It's not death. It's life and peace. Listen to me. This is the mindset of a champion. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, even though you may feel defeated today, even though you may feel rejected today, even though you may feel guilty today, and you're struggling even to say no to those things based on who you are in Jesus Christ, you have been given a mindset of a champion. And what's this mindset? It's submissive in its thinking. It's not selfish in its thinking. It's submissive and it's thinking. And this mindset of the Holy Spirit is such a beautiful thing because even in Luke 11, when Jesus is still on this earth, he says, in verse 13, he says, those of you who are evil, who are sinful, like, like he's basically saying, hey dads, you desire to give good gifts to your children and you're sinful, you're not perfect. How much more will your heavenly Father, who's holy, who's perfect, give you good gifts, and he refers to the good gift as the Holy Spirit. He's like, God is so good that he's going to give you what you need to experience victory in your Christian life, and it's the Holy Spirit. That's why the Holy, Jesus refers to the Holy Spirit in John 14 as our helper. And when we come to Christ, we're given this new mindset, this mindset of a champion that says, wait a minute, I'm not going to be selfish in my thinking, but I'm going to be naturally, there's a bent to be submissive in my thinking to what God desires me to do. I see it differently. I don't see it as a killjoy. I see it as a blessing to be obedient to what God wants me to do. Remember that mindset of a champion? Remember what that article said? What do they have? And they have confidence. Confidence. And isn't that what you and I have? Isn't that the whole point of what we've already seen in Romans 8? That's the whole point of the chapter is that you and I have confidence in Jesus Christ. What else did that article say? That, we, that what's important for the mindset of a champion is they have a tremendous support system. I can't think of a better support system that you and I have than the Holy Spirit who's been given to us. Think of what else he said. Man, they have a tremendous work ethic. They're motivated. What's our motivation? Man, I want to grow in my understanding of who I am in Jesus Christ. That's why you're here. That's why I'm here. Because Paul continues in Philippians 3, 7, and 9. Remember in verses 5 and 6, he says, hey, you think somebody had to brag, could brag about who they were and they could justify themselves? Man, that was me. But now look at Paul's mindset now that he is a follower of Jesus Christ. He 
says in verses 7 through 9, but whatever gain I had, man, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I counted everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For His sake, I've suffered the loss of all things, but don't feel sorry for me. I count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in Him, not having a righteousness of my own. Man, that's, that's selfish religion but that, come, that comes from the Lord. But that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith. What Paul is saying here is, man, I've been given a new mindset. And as I live into that mindset, here's what begins to happen. I begin to have an appetite that grows in desiring what God wants me to do more in obedience to His Word and how the Holy Spirit leads me. Like I desire that more and I find myself saying no more to the flesh and to that sin that I battle. I find myself saying yes more to what God wants me to do. But that's not because of me. That's because of the mindset given to me in the Spirit. So I'm not looking at my life and saying, oh, look at everything that I lost. He says, basically, when I've been given this new mindset, the mindset of a champion, the mindset to have victory in Jesus Christ, I'm saying to myself, man, what I gave up is nowhere near in comparison to what I have in Jesus Christ. I have confidence. I have a support system. I have a work ethic that's fueled by the Holy Spirit that isn't saying, what's the least I can do in my relationship with God, but how can I grow to the maximum in my relationship with Jesus Christ? That's the mindset of a champion. And that's not something that I drum up. That is something that happens in me. The Holy Spirit says, I'm going to give you a lobotomy. I'm going to change the way that you think. And though every day I have to choose still, doesn't mean I'm perfect, I still have to choose. Am I going to obey that mindset or am I going to disobey But there's a desire in me that says, man, I want to do what God wants me to do. And when I choose to follow my sin rather than my Savior, there's a conviction there that that reminds me that I'm going outside of the desire that God has put within me through the Holy Spirit. See, it makes me ask, man, how many Christians do we really have in our churches today? Because so many times when we say, hey, are you a Christian? You go back and say, yeah, I remember when I was a kid, I raised my hand in some meeting somewhere, and I don't discount that at all, at all. So don't hear me say that. But I can look and say, well, that's when I became a Christian, but how can I know I'm a Christian? The way that I know that I'm a Christian today is I look, man, how am I thinking? Because mentality reveals identity. That's what Paul's reminding us of. And the reason why you and I can be a champion in Jesus Christ is because we have the mindset of a champion given to us through the Holy Spirit. You know what a biblical term, a theological term of this? It's called sanctification. You know a simple definition of sanctification? More of Jesus and less of me. That's sanctification. The man, as I grow in my relationship with Jesus Christ, As I get to know him more and more, you know what begins to happen? As I start to see in my life, as I look over the months and the years as a follower of Jesus Christ, I say, man, there's more of Jesus and less of me. 
I'm saying yes more to what the Word of God says and saying no more to the flesh. doesn't mean that I won't battle it. I will be in that ring for the rest of my days until I'm with Jesus face to face one day. But more of Jesus and less of me. That's sanctification. That's the Holy Spirit's work. That's the byproduct of a mindset of a champion. This mentality that is driven by the Spirit. You know what I find interesting? When I look at my life, is I've never been disappointed when I've been submissive in my thinking. Never been disappointed to the Spirit. When I've said, Lord, I'm going to do what the Spirit is telling me to do. I've never been disappointed. But I'll tell you what, every single time I've chosen to say no to the mindset that's been given to me in the Spirit and say yes to what, to my sin, I've been disappointed every single time, without fail. And so as Paul talks about this mindset that's driven by the Spirit and how it's submissive in its thinking and there's this sanctification process of more of Jesus and less of me as I look at my life, it's not just submissive in its thinking, but look at, listen, this is what the mindset of the champion gives me through the Holy Spirit. Man, it makes me secure in my standing. That I'm reminded once again, and Paul reminds me once again, that by placing my faith and trust in Jesus Christ, here's what characterizes my life. Here's the mindset of a champion. Look at what it says in verse 6. But to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. It's not just an experiential thing, but that is my reality. That me standing before God, that God looks at me through Jesus Christ and my reality is life. I have a relationship with God. It's not death. That's the mindset that's centered on selfishness. That's someone who's not a follower of Jesus Christ. But man, I've been given life through Jesus Christ. And I've been given peace. I have eternal life to look forward to for all of eternity with God forever in heaven. That's my standing. I have peace with God. I have God's favor. Once again, I say no to the fear of rejection. I say no to the feelings of guilt. I say no to the fatigue of defeat. Why? Because I have peace and I have life. And you can just put that on my belt over here somewhere to remind myself of who I am in Jesus Christ. And that standing is what also gives me security in whatever I'm going through right now. You fighting health issues, you fighting some struggle, you fighting the unknown, you fighting this temptation, this stronghold, whatever it is. Wait a minute, let me remind myself of who I am and what I've been given. I have a mindset that's on the Spirit. And that mindset that's on the Spirit is so much greater than the way I used to think. Let me live in that victory. It's life and peace. Life and peace. So what I want to do as we close the rest of our time is just answer this question quickly. How do you and I fight like a champion with the mindset given to me by the Spirit? We got this mindset. It's a mindset of a champion. We can have confidence. We have a support system. We can be motivated in how we grow in our relationship with Jesus Christ, not to ask what's the least I can do, but God, I want to grow to the most, to the, to the fullest. 
Because here's the reality. When I place my faith and trust in Jesus Christ, it's almost like he gives me exactly what I need to win the battle. Like if I go into a boxing ring, man, I want to make sure that my gloves are what they need to be. It's the tool that God gives me to experience victory. But unless the hand goes in the glove, the glove really can't do anything. And what I love is that in our lives today, those of us who've been given the mindset of the Spirit, what we need to say today is, Lord, I know I have that mindset, but how can I be filled with the Holy Spirit? Because in Ephesians 5.18, Paul says, be filled with the Spirit. And that be filled has the idea of you need to keep on being filled. Yes, you have the mindset of the champion, but how do I live in that? How do I make sure that in my life I'm saying every day, Lord, I know I can't do this on my own. Would you fill me with the Holy Spirit so that I can experience victory in the battles that I fight in my sin, in my relationships, at the workplace, in dealing with this bad news that I may have just gotten last week? I need to be filled. And here's what that looks like. Here's how we fight. Filled. This way, we confess our sins daily. Daily. We acknowledge Him. Because I like, like I said before, we can have the mindset of the champion, but still we're going to battle that sinful nature for the rest of our lives. Yes, that's not my mindset, but I still battle it every day. I still have to choose, am I going to live in what I've been given in Jesus Christ, or am I going to disobey what that bent, what that desire is? keeping a short account with God. 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins. And that verse is quoted so often, but I love 1 John 2, 1 that says, I'm writing these things to you that you may not sin. Like I want you to understand what you have been given in Jesus Christ, that that's a motivator not to sin. But then here it is, because he knows that we'll do it. But if anyone does sin, look at this. We have an advocate with the Father. Jesus Christ, the righteous one. And I need to confess my sins daily. That's how I'm filled with the Spirit every day. God, I'm going to keep a short account with you that when I mess up, I'm going to acknowledge that sin, see it for what you see it for. And Lord, I'm going to get back up off the mat and I'm going to keep walking with you. Confess my sin daily. Read God's Word daily. You'll notice here there's a key word, daily. Because we've got to keep on getting, being filled. Colossians 3.16 says, Let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly. Here's the third thing, surrender my will daily. Lord, these are my decisions, these are, this is my agenda, these are my desires, and, and there may not be anything wrong with those as I look at God's word with those things, but God, I'm going to submit them to you, I'm going to hold them with open hands. Pray for the filling of the Holy Spirit daily. That's Ephesians 5.18, every day, Lord, would you fill me with your spirit? I can't go out of those doors today, out of my house, into the things that you've called me to do without the Holy Spirit working in and through me. Lord, I can't do anything. I can't fight the way that you need me to fight without the Holy Spirit filling me. I pray for that filling. And then here's the last thing. Believe it. Believe it. Believe in the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. The enemy loves to get you to doubt it. But that's why Thanksgiving is so important for me to look back over my life if I'm doubting 
the power of the Holy Spirit to look back in my life and say, man, let me look back at some of the things that God did that can only testify to him. And let's believe in the power of the Holy Spirit daily. Listen to me, sanctification, more of Jesus, less of me. And here I can say this about my own life. I'm not all I could be yet. And so often I'm not all I should be. But listen to me, I praise God that I'm not who I used to be. Because I have a mindset of a champion. And if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you have a mindset of a champion. And man, let's let our mentality reveal our identity. And let's stop believing those lies that the enemy loves to throw our way. And let's embrace who we are. And let's embrace the power that we've been given through the Holy Spirit. 